All right, welcome to Choir Talks. If you joined us last week, you already know that I've been reading in the book of Hebrews. And so um, this week I came across that great chapter. It's a famous chapter, chapter 11. It's called the faith chapter by some, or some people say it's the roll call of the faithful. Chapter 11 is the long list of people from the Old Testament who um, show in their lives the evidence of faith. And so the whole theme of the chapter is about learning about about faith based on observing the lives of those Old Testament characters. And so um, we often talk about somebody being a person of faith uh, nowadays, but what does that really look like? What does that mean to be a person of faith? How does our faith really evidence itself, make, uh, make a difference in the way that we live? So here's chapter 11, or at least a little bit of it. In fact, we're going to just focus on one of the characters from chapter 11, and you'll see that as we go here. Here's here's how chapter 11 starts, though. It starts with a famous definition, or maybe a description would be a better term, of the word faith. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Um, That's a description of what faith looks like. It's kind of deep. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. That word confidence there has the connotation of being a support from underneath in the original language. So it's kind of like um, the foundation of a house would be a good analogy in modern terms. It's something that you don't necessarily see from the top, but everything is built on that foundation. And the second phrase there is it's, faith is, is the assurance of what we do not see. Um, Oswald Sanders said, faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as seen. So after this first verse in his description, the writer begins to bring up these Old Testament heroes of faith. And one by one, he points out how their faith uh, affected the way that they lived. So uh, we're going to focus on just one of those characters. And today that's going to be Abraham. Um, Warren Wiersbe said, the best way to grow in faith is to walk with the faithful. And so that's what we're going to do today, starting with Abraham. So here we go. Um, In verse 8, it says this, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, He made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city which, with foundations whose architect and builder is God. All right, so what did faith look like in the life of Abraham? Well, it looked like obedience. Hear that again. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went. Abraham had been promised um, these blessings by God, Um, but the promise had to begin with him taking a step, literally, of faith as he moved from the the place of his family and the place of familiarity into the unknown. Um, And and here's the important phrase to me. Uh, It said he obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Hear that again. He obeyed even though he didn't know where he was going. That's what faith looks like. Remember, remember verse 1 again started this way. Faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Well, he hoped to see the fulfillment of God's promise in his life. And so he started in the direction that God sent him, even though he didn't know where that was going to lead. 
So my takeaway question for you and for me today is what is it in your life that you're willing to obey even though you don't know where God is going to be leading you or sending you? What is it that you're willing to obey even though you don't know where God is going to take you? All right, here's, uh, here's the second part of the verse. It says, um, By faith, even Sarah, who, his wife, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man and him as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. So God promised Abraham um, back in Genesis chapter 12 that his descendants would be as countless as the stars and as the grains of sand on, on, around the seas. Um, so here Abraham is, though later in his life, almost 100 years old. Sarah, his wife, around 90 years old. They have no children, and yet they have this promise from God that, that out of their children— it's going to be numerous, numerous descendants that are going to bless all the families of the earth. Abraham and Sarah obeyed and believed God even when they didn't know how God was going to accomplish his will in their lives. Remember verse 1 again. It said, Faith is the assurance for what we do not see. They did not see even the first of those descendants when they believed God and trusted in his word. Um, So here's our takeaway question for you and for me. What is it that God is calling you to do or believe even though you can't imagine how he will do that, how he will accomplish what he's calling you to do or to be or to believe? All right, here's one last paragraph about Abraham in this passage. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. All right, so you maybe remember this story that God uh, gives Abraham and Sarah this son, Isaac, and he is the heir to the promise. He is the one that that is going to create all these descendants that God had promised before. And yet God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac, to go to a faraway mountain and to sacrifice his son on on the altar. Um, What kind of sense did that make? He was the only hope for God to accomplish the promise that he had given to Abraham before. All of the plans that that God had spoken to Abraham depended on that one son, Isaac. So how could it be possible that, um, that Isaac was to be killed? Here's the point. Abraham obeyed God even though he didn't know why God was doing what he was doing. It didn't make any sense from what Abraham knew of God's will up until that point. And yet, it was what God asked him to do. The why didn't add up. You know, the story of Abraham and Isaac is a beautiful picture for us who have this knowledge about how the rest of the Bible is unfolded. The rest of the Bible that led to Jesus, who who was God's only son, sacrificed. Who was God's only son who took our place. In the story of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac is the picture of a Jesus of Jesus who is to come. 
And Abraham in that story is a picture of the father willing to give his only son. The ram that was caught in the thicket that Abraham um, sacrificed instead of his son is a picture of, of Jesus taking the place for us on that altar and, uh, and, and shedding his blood uh, that, that instead of us. Um, so th- thousands of years before Jesus went to the cross, this story happened. It didn't make any sense, the whys of this story. And yet to us, thousands of years later, it is obvious what the picture that God was painting. It didn't make sense at all in the story of Abraham's life or Isaac's life. And yet Abraham was willing to obey even without the why. Here's our takeaway question here. What is it in your life that you're trusting God about even though you don't understand why? There's something going on in your life, something that God has brought in your life, and you don't understand why, and yet you know it. you need to obey God. You need to believe God in the midst of that. Hey, if you want to learn about faith, walk with the faithful, as Wearsby says. Read chapter 11 of Hebrews and uh, learn from the lives of those who give witness to what faith looks like by what happened in their lives. Let me leave you one last verse out of chapter 11. It's a great promise. It says this. It's verse 6, by the way. It says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hope you have a great week.